Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Whether you're like Charles Barkley and you want to bet the eight seed for a sweep, or you want to go with a little bit safer bet, doesn't matter. Bet Online has you covered. Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports books experts. <laughs> And welcome everybody to a new episode of Believe in Clippers here on the Believe Podcast Network. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker with you here as always. And Alex, uh, you know, a lot can change in a couple of days and it's obviously been a, you know, a really dramatic few days for the country and for the NBA with, you know, the Bucks starting and leading the, you know, the boycott strike protest, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and essentially nearly, you know, bringing an end to the NBA season, a really, you know, passionate couple of days for the NBA talking about these meetings and just a lot that uh, we can get into here on this episode, but a really kind of emotional couple of days and, a, you know, powerful couple of days for, for the NBA. Yeah, yeah. The NBA has been going through it a lot, you know, trying to recover from what they've been through. And um, I see that uh, it's, it's taking a toll on them as well as far as the players and the union. And now they're just pretty much seeing what's to do next. You know, what can they do next to help them, you know, impact this situation that's going on? Yeah, and it seems like at least, you know, these past couple of days have brought some, you know, concrete plans and action for, for the NBA with the players and owners trying to, to partner up. And, you know, one of the main things that came out of this was, you know, the ability for teams that do own their arenas, any of those teams are going to use those to create big giant voting centers uh you know this november and on and forward to bring greater access to voting which of course is is so important right now and uh you know building social social justice coalitions and and advertising spots uh during the playoffs to promote social engagement so you know there's definitely some concrete things that they're able to hammer out and and get the owners and governors to agree to so obviously you know a great job by the players and and a really brave thing for them to you know not really know what was going to happen when they started this 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 boycott and this strike of you know as we said the season was in the balance their money was in the balance but uh you know they stood up for you know wanting to get that message out there more and wanting more concrete action and were able to to make a difference right away yeah yeah for sure when you see a lot of guys um um, holiday putting their money up you know for the cause of what they're going to be contributing moving forward from this whole season that this epidemic that just happened right now so they're really in tune to what's going on um i think nothing else matters it's just about you know figuring out what to do as a as 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 a unit inside that you know that bubble um it's a lot of voices in there a lot of power in there for sure you know you're seeing um lebron james and chris paul Westbrook, you know, actually reaching out to the president, you know what I mean? The the former, the last president. Um, so I think that um, that's going to be huge, you know, just to get questioning and your questions out and figure out what they can do to help and contribute more than anything. Because I think that um, it's going to be a huge collective 
situation that has to come together. Um, what you just said right now, as far as the ownership um, coming in and giving votes out, you know, in the arena, that's huge and vital for real. Because I know the post office has been shut down and they're eliminating guys, people from voting. So um, anything that can help, I think this most important thing is is definitely voting during these circumstances right now. Yeah, and we know, you know, we talked about you know Doc Rivers emotional press conference after the Clippers uh, game five win the other day. And that obviously was just the night before all these protests happen. And, you know, it was reported in the meeting that Doc Rivers was asked to speak by Chris Paul. And basically one of the main things that he advocated for was, was the importance of voting, you know, talking about how the league, all these guys, you know, I believe it was, you know, only 20, 25% of them were registered to vote. And he said that number has got to be up to, to 80 to 85. And, you know, we've already seen a lot of these guys, J.R. Smith and the Lakers apparently spent the day making sure they were all registered to vote. So just, you know, taking that that personal accountability as well. You know, as you said, right now, one of the biggest forms of protest to try to make change is to go out there and vote and put the people in power that, you know, have the right intentions and the right mindset to, to make the changes necessary to try to help society get better. Definitely. Definitely, for sure. I think that uh, it's going to be... It's gonna be um, it's just, man, it's just really messed up right now. What's going on? 2020 alone has been really a shaky uh, turmoil for for everybody. Uh, it's been a setback for our future um, leaders um, that will actually impact the future next generation, you know, moving forward um, outside of the basketball world. Um, we're losing a lot of soldiers that are actually monumental um instruments for the future you know and um it's it's really man it's it's a full breath of just like soaking this in of what to do next you know um basketball is secondary these guys know this they've been planted um free you know so throwing throwing basketball out the window and actually figuring out now like um human human rights and 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 uh, us as people have to figure out what to do next. You know, I I can't stress that enough. Um, just hearing a lot of people talk, Chris Weber, and he had great words to talk about. Um, I'm just seeing these guys really cry and just really like scared, man. And I feel the same way as a minority, just scared of um, the police brutality is not really listening right now. They can care less. And it's just going to keep happening until something does happen. Um, we stand up for it. Yeah, no, and I and you can only imagine what what these guys in the bubble feel because you said we we're all you know feeling you know the weight of 2020, and of course it goes way beyond that, way beyond just this year for you know police brutality against against black people and, and the racism and systemic racism that this country has had for forever. Um, but just these yeah. guys, these guys in this bubble you know, feeling that and then also, you know, being away from their families for much of this time, you know, living out of a hotel room, you know, that stuff that you kind of overlook and don't think about. But uh, it, it makes sense True. as to why the weight of this and, of course, the most recent example of the, the Jacob Blake shooting, I think, hits so hard with everyone is that, you know, they're out here trying to promote these messages and still seeing this stuff happen while this is going on. It, uh, it It's a heavy weight for sure. And, and it makes sense as to why these boycotts were, were necessary to kind of reshift the focus back onto, as you said, what's really important. Yeah, yeah. You kind of second-guess it. You kind of thinking, am I in 
the right position to even play basketball right now? Or it, does this even matter right now of what's going outside this bubble? You know, um, those things creep in your mind. And um, you heard Paul George definitely say that, you know, I was not here um, due to these circumstances with everything that's coming in. And I got so much time on my own. I don't have my family. I don't have, you know, the things that I need to keep myself balanced. And the, the mental standpoint, it eats at you. You got so much time and you got, you know, Twitter thumbing, you Instagram, and then you get it wrapped into all these things. And, you know, um, you don't come out and play basketball the way you can play. And all these things impact, you know, your performance more than anything. And if home base isn't stable, if the world outside isn't stable, and you can go to sleep at night resting and being comfortable, it's going to be hard to even perform, you know. So I think uh, these guys have a lot to, to deal with right now on their plate. Um, I'm really um, blessed and happy to see that they're actually doing something as far as stopping basketball right now because it's, it's, it's not needed right now. Um, I know it's coming back um, tomorrow for sure, but um, – it was just great for them to get that point across and, and show their um, um, that they are human. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it, it's bigger than basketball for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, obviously resonated around the world and, and the rest of the country. You mentioned some of the changes they're going to get implemented. We saw boycotts and protests in other sports around the country as well. So clearly, you know, it, it's kind of a combination yeah. of inspiring and sad at the same time that. You know, it's our our athletes who are kind of at the forefront of this, uh, and our politicians are you know reactionary and slow to react, and it, it should obviously be the other way around. But it's it's an incredible props to to these players for lending their voice and fighting for you know equal rights, which is obviously seems like such a should be such a basic thing, but has been so hard yeah. to come by. Yeah, you heard Doc Rivers say, man. I just. I should just be a coach, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that, that that statement alone was just like a wild factor. Like, man, like, I remember back then when they were just coaching and they were just players, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was, I don't even think they're going to get back to that no time soon, man. You Like, it's just so much stuff overwhelming. And it is like, it's, it takes over the fact of, like, we do know that they're in a bubble for a reason. It's for a virus that is deadly as hell. Now it's like going back to, you know, fighting for rights now. It's just juggling so much at one time. It's just too much right now, especially for the world, uh, let alone, you know, playing basketball. Um, and we keep talking about it. And I, I remember one conversation you asked me, you was like, you know, what can they do? And I said, man, just don't stop talking about it. Yeah. And it's been three months I think from the George Floyd incident where you know he, he passed away and I've seen so much going on you know on video that the cops have been doing they haven't calmed down let alone stopped at all it seems like it's been amplified even more um, you got you got you got guys that are walking around with huge machete guns yeah and not the cops are not even doing nothing at all to them but giving them water, you know, but I don't want to shine light on that. Cause I really don't know the circumstances of that, but I did see that video, that young kid actually shooting three people and just walking away, just going home completely free of charge, you know, and I'm just wild and dumbfounded by this stuff, man, that's going on. Like it's really shocking to me right now. 
I have no words to express um, all the stuff that's going on. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm 100% with you, and I just, you know, obviously there are you know good cops out there, and and you would think, you know, if for those people, if you are good cops, wouldn't you want these corrupt and racist cops out there, out of there as much as anyone? You know, it, it they yeah. make they make you look bad. They're hurting people. They're killing people. You know, if, yeah. and, that's, and that's a reflection on on every cop. So, you know, why wouldn't you want the system to change if it's affecting you poorly if you are a good cop? So for the ones that are out there, you know, please speak up. Please try to make change as well because people don't hate cops in general. They hate the fact that they're killing black people unnecessarily and the, the racism and the targeting. Uh, this is something that has to change. You know, this is, as yeah. you said, we've been dealing with this. We see it over and over and over again and as you said, the the striking difference in the same city of someone getting shot in the back seven times, just reaching into his car versus, as you said, you know, a young white kid or young white man, I should say rather, uh, with a machine yeah. gun shooting people and then walking right past cops after they see this happen ten feet away. It's it's insanity, and it's it just can't it can't, it can't be the way the system is. What are we doing? We're not we're not playing video games. This is real live people, man. Like it, you can't have size into this situation. It's a human being, you yeah. know. Um, uh, oh my god. Man. Yeah, no, I just yeah, you know, and and speaking obviously, you know, as as a white man, I don't have the the same experiences that you have. But just for any other white person out there, you know, we know that over fifty percent of white people support Donald Trump. We I saw a number that. You know, wow! That's six. Know that sixty percent of Republicans are think the death total, one hundred eighty thousand people dead now from coronavirus, which obviously wow. disproportionately affects minority yeah. communities. They think that number is acceptable. So it's just for those people out there, you know, where is the the humanity? You know, we're we're all people at the end of the day. Why is it such a a burden on you to accept that Black Lives Do Matter and that you know we're seeing this? on video in front of our eyes and you know we see the video black people are telling you it's a certain way you know why can't we accept that and listen and try to get better i i just i'm as you said i'm just kind of dumbfounded by the lack of empathy and and caring for other people it's uh it's disheartening at times but it's it's all the more reason that we need to to continue to fight and and make it better yeah I, man, you nailed it right there for sure. My question to me that I'm trying to figure out is that how are these cops so scared of black people to draw their guns? When is a when is a anybody from any race have actually pulled a gun on the cop? I'm sure it's happened before, but put a gun on the cop in broad day, aimed it at him, and killed the cop. Do you know what the what would you get for killing a cop? Why are cops so scared and they're pulling guns on people? And killing them. Like, to me, it's like, okay, do you really think that I am going to be able to pull my gun on you, shoot you, and get away with it as a as a human? Yeah. Like, as a normal person. Like, I would go to jail, jail. I would die. Like, that's a death sentence. Yeah. And it's so Why is it so... I don't get it. So why why do you think... Why are you so scared of me trying to kill you? But you're... you're you have the gun. I don't get it. I don't get that it's the, oh my god no i don't i don't I, I don't i don't get it either and, and and as you said like you know we know that being a, a cop is a tough job you're going to be in 
scary situations sometimes, but at the same time, this is your job. This is what you're trained for. And a cop's job is not to be judge, jury, and executioner. You know, your job is to, if you need to, arrest someone to serve and protect. You know, the job is not to, to kill and especially not to kill people who haven't, you know, barely done anything or if they've done a, a minor crime. Certainly, that's not a yeah, death sentence. So it's just you should not be the judge at all by no means. You should get him prosecuted. And exactly, that's, that's yeah. the form and the steps that need to be taken. He should go whatever he's done, no matter what case, what charge he's done or crime he's committed. He should be prosecuted just like the jurisdiction says of any person. So you, as a cop, have no right or authority to actually take take away those those truths that he has and those values that he has and those laws that are that are stated you know so man uh, just 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 puzzled right now um really puzzled i call my parents i call my my brother every day to see what's going on i got friends now that are so scared that they're actually you know not to go off topic but they're they're actually protecting themselves and that makes me even more scared and threatened yeah uh for for their lives but it's like there's nothing that i can can do like oh man this is really bad thinking about this stuff it really is no it it is and i guess you know as you said to, to tie it back around it's it's all the more important that you know these athletes amongst you know all of the other people out there who are voicing their words and, and out in the streets protesting that these athletes are as you said they mm-hmm. you went on this this boycott you know got the league's attention again got the country's attention again and gonna make yeah. at least some kind of actionable change and progress that uh can help to try to you know kind of turn the tide on this thing as i said it's we know that you know progress sometimes is slow but it's still important to to keep fighting with as you said you know the ideals of this country of of everyone being created equal and equality for all. Uh, you know that still has to be the goal, and we know that that exists in a lot of people. And just having to, you know, get those people in positions of power or that can be the norm rather than kind of what we're seeing now, where it's so few and far between. Yeah, for sure. And to touch on the topic, what you said too, as far as the the other cops that are good cops, um, like there are some really good cops out there, and I've met a lot of great cops. But this this ugliness has to start within. Um, there has to be a voice within. Yeah. Um, these cops are not not caring about nothing at all. Um, but I know for a fact if these cops do stand up, these good cops, and actually voice and you know show that they are out there trying to do justice for the right people for people, um, it would help tremendously. You know, instead of just following a suit and just taking your brother's back like they say and whatever he says if he's kicking somebody and you just go along and start kicking people and not even like questioning it not one cop ever questions another cop they're able to follow that rule strategically <laughs> the real rules and protocol they can't follow for SHI you know for nothing at all so I don't understand that you choose to do these things all these cops your backup you as a person that's actually doing these things, you guys collectively choose to do these things. And you black out and don't see what you're doing until it's too late. Now you want to bring somebody back to life after you just shot them seven times in the back. Now you completely, oh, what happened? I want to I save this person. 
what, you tried to kill him now. You really tried to kill this person and end his life in front of his family. What? Just crazy, man. Hey, I'm dude. sorry for rambling on. It's just a lot, though. There's no, a lot I mean, of animosity I mean, going on inside of me, for sure. Yeah, no, that's what that's what we're here for this week primarily. Is that we'll we'll touch on obviously the continuation of basketball a little bit at the end of the show, but I think you know we both thought it was important to to again bring light to this is because we said at the end of the day, as much as we love basketball, it is still a game, and obviously this is real life with real consequences. Yeah, and, uh, you know I think it's important that especially as we said, we both have you know different perspectives, but kind of the same ideas and goals about where we need to be. So I think that's important to to hear that and, and let people out there know that you know, we care, you know, we care and that we're all fighting, you know, to make this a better a better country and a better world and yeah. We hope that, sure. you know, we can help do that. Mhm. Most definitely, yeah. And that's that's the main that's the main goal is getting back to actually walking down the street normal and stuff like that and doing the simple things and not having to be scared and stuff. Yeah, and, and like you were saying yeah. on the on the front of like of the police and the brotherhood that they have, and obviously the police unions are a big part of this and protecting it. But we've seen it, you know, within regards to the NBA family. I think we touched on it a little bit. You know, the Masai Ujiri thing with the Raptors winning the championship last year, and you know the cop mm-hmm. pushing him before he went on the court, and then claiming that Ujiri had hit him first and then the video came out that the cop was lying it's just you know how many instances of this where a cop writes a report or a story you know where there isn't video where it's not true and we saw it you know at the the beginning of the pandemic where the 75 year old man was was pushed to the ground on video and the cops said that oh my god you know they tried to lie about that one too so how many times can this happen where the responsibility or the the blame is shifted uh it's just as you said so much that uh, needs to be part of the change that you know these these unions have too much protection over these cops where they can just lie and change the the story. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. It, it has to. It has, I mean, you got that whole town, the whole cops over there that shot Jacob. They don't even have wear body cams. You know what I mean? Yeah. This gentleman in the window didn't film that. It was just the cops' word against somebody that was fighting for his life's word. Because the civilians outside that actually saw everything and witnessed it, they don't even they don't even have nothing to say about it at all. They're not going to even take their word for it. It was that cop's word against his if he survived, and luckily he did. So we can actually see what the heck was going on and what his vision of it and version of it was too. You know, so I mean, it's just it's, they have to do something for sure. I don't know what it is, but just as fast as the NBA came back with all these concerns and doubts and worries and they they squashed it all from these viruses and you know there's nobody actually sick i'm pretty sure they can put their minds together just like they put their minds together as far as figuring out how to get these cops off whenever they do stupid and shitty shit like this they can they can revamp and redo the same thing and figure out how they can make it where human lives are actually more valuable than a dog's cop dog's life if you a cop dog you know what i mean like these things are like amplified times ten if you even touch a cop. Yeah, you know. So what is proving guilty is like okay until you're proven guilty, you're a criminal. You're not a criminal, and these guys are acting upon it like if anybody they come apart, they're criminals right then and there because they say so, and they can just beat the heck out of them, and they can do whatever they want to do. 
<laughs> for no reason and stop resisting and doing all these things that they say because that's their protocol and they find loopholes into what they're saying and they use it and work it towards their advantage. Yeah, and, and like we said, the, the badge says to serve and protect. It doesn't say to, to hunt and to kill and to terrorize. It's, you know, at the end of the day, these are supposed to be a job to serve the people and make everyone feel safer. And obviously, for for black people in particular, it's completely the other way where, you know, obviously the fear of even calling the police now is is prevalent because of what can happen. So... Uh, you yeah. know, there's there's so much that needs to be done, but um, like you said, the I think the first most actionable steps is uh, to a vote. You know, b obviously protest and get your voice out there, and c you know find out the the politicians and the people who are running for the platforms against police brutality, against racism, and you know vote for them, donate to them, and, and try to you know, push the change forward of, of getting the right people in the right places. And, uh, you know, hopefully, slowly but surely, we can we can get this thing, you know, turned around because there's, there's so much racism embedded in, in this country. It, it's going to be hard to untangle, but uh, we need to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely need to do it. Gotta put our foot down. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, uh, but we're, when we come back, we'll... We'll dive into the basketball side of things a little bit. We know that it is continuing, so we'll we'll step aside for a quick break, and we'll be right back here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. And we're back here on the Believe in Clippers podcast. Going to talk about a little bit of basketball here at the end of the show. As we, as we know, the, the basketball season will resume. The Clippers will play Game 6 against the Mavericks on Sunday, 12.30 p.m. Uh, to try to close out that series and... Uh, on the basketball side of things, Alex, it's funny, we were talking, the last time we talked was, of course, after game four and the buzzer beater from Luka Doncic and just how how the Clippers would, re- would respond. And, and they responded big time, a, a monster win. They just blew the doors off the Mavericks. And finally, kind of a full, we talked about needing a full 48 minutes. That was the performance, you know, putting up 154 points in a, in a blowout win. Yeah, yeah, they smacked them. They, they... They put the bottle in them. They put them to sleep, man. Um, you know the crazy thing about it. When I saw the game, it was it was over from the beginning, from the very first quarter. Yeah. Um, the reason why I say this is because you have your leader, who, who was supposed to be your leader, Donich. Um, he's still young. You guys got to understand this. And, and the tendencies of being young, you you get the best of you with your emotions. And that's what happened in this game. And these ticky-tack calls that maybe he normally gets that he didn't get this game, um, it affected him tremendously. And uh, he was complaining a lot to the refs. And it got the team, you know, unfocused. When your leader is actually complaining and not locked into the game, they are not following suit. You know what I mean? It's like an ant that's broken chain and they're running wild trying to figure out what to do. Well, who's going to lead us? Because Donich is complaining about the referees right now you know what i mean so has to go off to the lake the, to the clippers um put a lot more pressure and emphasis on donix this game you know he definitely still had his 22 points but it was a tough and strong struggling 22 points you know what i mean um he didn't shoot too good from the three-point line at all by no means but you know nothing taken away from the clippers they did a phenomenal game um you got your boy paul george back who had yeah. an awesome game uh, so it was great. It was great seeing them back in real form. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the defense on Doncic. We saw really for the first time all series the Clippers and some of those pick and rolls. They jumped out, you know, in a trap to try to get the ball out of his hands, and then they'd recover really True. well. Uh, you know, I thought the game plan was great. You know, Zubats was great defensively. Obviously, you mentioned Paul George getting back on track. You know, you could see it from the the opening tip for Paul George, just the the aggression, and mm-hmm. we talked about hesitating yes. in previous games. He was just. The Paul George that we all know, he was going after it, getting to the basket early, and, yeah. then, and then that opened up the perimeter game, and he was just, you know, having him back, it's almost like it's almost like they didn't have him for a couple of games because of how poorly he played, and then it's, oh, you add mm-hmm. one of the best players in the game dropping 35 into the lineup, and you see <laughs> what, what a difference it makes. It makes a huge difference for sure. And he was he was actually, like you said, he was getting that 15-foot mid-range and getting hit to his sweet spots. And I've seen him a couple of times where he had a three-pointer that he could normally take. You know what I mean? He's taking him off one hand, one leg. or If 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 not, you know, um, he was settling, you know, for the most part. But he's actually getting to his spots, taking guys from the three-point line, backing them down to the 15-foot, back to the basket, you know, rocking them to sleep, the, you know, the fadeaway. And that's the Paul George we like to see him getting to the middle and creating, and you know the same shots that he's taking, you know, throughout this series, he's actually hitting now. You know, he's cooking twelve for eighteen. That's a, that's a monster game, you know, for sure. Yeah, and then of course, you know, Kawhi Leonard has been so incredible. It's now the fourth game in a row with over thirty points, and just talk about you know his ability to control the game and you kind of the kind of things you're talking about with George with with Leonard of just getting to his spots pretty much any and every time he wants, no matter who's guarding him. It's just, I'm going to get to my spot in the mid-range, I'm going to get to the rim, get to the free throw line, and mm-hmm. you know, pretty much just just do work and you know, clock out. It's just like a typical Kawhi yeah. Leonard game, just, again, dominant. <laughs> <laughs> Kawhi is on his 9-5, to five, for <laughs> sure. He clocks in and he clocks out, man. Yeah. Like, you, you know exactly what you're going to get from this guy. And I mean, like, if you you know exactly what you're going to get from this guy. It's a rare form. Um, and I thought, um, you know, you don't see that too often. But, man, he, he shows up, man. Um, the best thing about Kawhi is that he's always on attack mode. And, and, and he's getting to the free throw line a lot, you know. And he's putting guys in foul trouble a lot. Um, he's a big body, man, you know. Um, he's playing, playing phenomenal. For the for the Clippers this year and for this uh, postseason, I know, and that and that's something that's as you said, I think a little bit underrated, right? Is just the, his body because obviously, you know, he's a small forward, but his strength is is wild because you see, you know, the Mavs obviously don't have the wing defenders to really keep up with him, but Maxi Kleba mm-hmm. has done as good as he can. He's you know a couple inches taller than Kawhi. You would think he'd be able to to handle him, but. Kawhi's just so strong, and that's part of the ability of why he can just kind of get wherever he wants on the court, give you those little, you know, shoulder bumps or elbows just to create space, and he's, you know, as you said, got open jumpers to live with all day. Yeah, for sure. Um, The name of the game in basketball is lowest man wins, you know, offense and defense. And Kawhi has no problem getting low, you know, getting to his spots and, and... and being guys that from that that aspect, and also in defense, he's a monster too as well. So uh, they didn't they didn't do too much switching on Donix, I see as well as far as that that pick and roll. And if they did, they was willing to trap him and get the ball out of his hands and have him create by the players. Um, so that that draws a lot of attention 
for guys to actually create more for themselves. And it gives the, the Clippers, you know, a lot more as far as fast break transitions because these guys are in unfamiliar territories with that situation. So um, it worked in their favor for real, man. Um, 54 points is crazy, you know, in a playoff game. Yeah. Yeah, 154 to 111 was the final. Just a. Yeah, you know the Clippers shot. They shot sixty three percent in the game. They shot sixty three percent from the three point line with twenty two made That's threes. So. Crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, twenty two <laughs> of thirty five from downtown, just showing. Uh, you know that's obviously not going to be every game, but you you combine those numbers with holding Dallas to forty five percent from the field and just twelve of thirty seven from three-point range. I think this was one of the first games we really saw them do a much better job on Curry, who was only two of six. Obviously, you mentioned Mm -hmm. Doncic was six of 17. So I think, you know, their focus defensively played into their offense where they just, one kind of bled into the other. Yeah, for sure. Do you expect this to happen again um, next game? You know, I don't think it'll be as big a, a blowout, but I think... You know, obviously it's hard to tell with, you know, kind of the, the mental shift that's happened over the past few days, but I think the Clippers will be able to, to refocus. Um, we just saw that Porzingis is out for the series now. He's got a torn meniscus, so he's done. Uh, so I think, you know, with all of that known, I think the Clippers know that, you know, they can close this thing out. So I do think they'll come out with a strong effort and, and hopefully finish it off. I think that, you know, especially without Porzingis, uh, it's such a disparity in talent that, you know, if they can do anything again to slow down Doncic, then they really should have, you know, their you know, their hands on the wheel and be in the driver's seat to kind of close this thing out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Enough, they don't have enough firepower with uh, Porzingis out, for sure. And uh, it's sad to see him, you know, suffering through all these injuries. Um, definitely played a lot more minutes in the playoffs than he was probably should have been um, due to his injury that he just, just had recently. But... Um, you know, uh, the, the Clippers is not taking the, you know taking it lightly by no choice. Um, they're definitely going to be pushing you know the needle moving forward. Man, I I, uh, I see this game going to it might be a sweep. I mean, not a sweep. It might be it might be over for Dallas for sure. I think um, the Clippers are going to have this one. Um, no matter what the outcome, as far as the points, they're going to win. Um, this is not a lot firepower for Dallas. Yeah, and I, and I think it's important for the Clippers is, you know, even though if they lost, there would obviously be another game. You, you don't want to give another team confidence. And then, you know, obviously if you push it to a Game 7, anything can happen there. So you want to take care of business and, and get this thing done in Game 6. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, man. All right, so we'll, uh, we'll see if the Clippers can get it done on Sunday afternoon. And, um, and then we'll see, you know, if they do win. You know, obviously the Utah-Denver series is 3-2 with Utah in front. Uh, If Utah closes it out and the Clippers close it out, they would have a game one on Tuesday. If Utah forces a game seven, Clippers could have a few extra days off. So um, either way, we'll be back on this podcast to to hopefully break down a new series starting early next week. But uh, yeah, game six coming up on Sunday. Let's go. that's going to do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Clippers podcast. As we mentioned, we'll be back to break down the game six for the Clippers, see if they can close out the series. I will be able to bring that to you on Monday. So hopefully we'll be talking about a Clippers series victory. If not, 
We'll have the Game 7 preview and breakdown on that episode as well. Uh, as always, if you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. Uh, and we're also available anywhere else podcasts can be found. Find us also at Believe.com and follow at Believe Sports and at Believe Podcasts on social media handles. And be sure to follow Alex and I on Instagram, Twitter. We're all over the place, so check us out on those as well. And we'll be back next week as the Clippers look to forge ahead with the continuation of the NBA playoffs here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.